I know we all love receiving gifts. We all do. But doesn't it feel so much better when you give something to someone and their response in getting something? There's something happens when we give and there's something that takes place when someone else appreciates the gift. We all love gifts, every single one of us, but, but when we give something to someone, oh, that's so much more meaningful. There's, it's so much more special. I think we all love getting gifts. We all do. We all like getting good gifts. None of us like getting horrible gifts. And sometimes people will give you a gift and they'll say, oh, I, didn't, I didn't want that gift. Or, or maybe you're thinking that and someone would always say, but it's the thought that counts. And some people would say, no, it's not. It's the gift. I want the gift. I don't care about the thought. I want the gift, the gift, the gift. This is what I want. So you tell your husband, this is what I want for Christmas. Don't go shopping for me because I'm going to return it anyway. Just give me cash. I need $732 cash. That's what I need. And so sometimes we're specific because we want to receive what we want. But this morning, we're going to learn something about God and how good He is, that God is the greatest giver because we serve a God who gives. He's a good God. If something happens when there's a good gift that happens inside of the heart. Some time ago, uh, my son Jordan, right now he's in college and he's in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, when he was in high school, he made these ceramic bowls. And what they would do at their whole laule at their school is they would sell these bowls and the proceeds would go towards the food bank of Hawaii. Well, we purchased some, and uh, then we brought it home, and we showed Jordan. We said, hey, here's some of the bowls that you made. We wanted to, you know, have some for our house. And, and in the future, Heidi and I, we want to have a gallery, so we want to put his things in there. And so he, he said, oh, yeah, these are mine, but there's more that I made. And we said, what? We, we looked all for all. You know, all yours, there, there aren't any. And he said, we said, there aren't any more. And he said, well, maybe because they didn't bring them all out. And we were like, oh, man. So this year when they had their ho'olalea, uh, we were going to go back and see if they still had some of his bowls. Because there were some that he did that he didn't finish. So we're going to go back and uh, purchase these bowls. And because they mean so much to us and, of course, more to Heidi, the mom. So he puts his initials underneath. It's J.L. for Jordan Laxina. And so we were going to go there. But a funeral came up that uh, one of our friend's uh, father had passed away. So we said, you know what? This is more important. Let's go and let's support the family. So we were unable to go to the Ho'olalea and, and go find these bowls. And so Heidi was bummed. You know, as a mom, this is so precious to you. It's, ah, oh, we couldn't get it. But it was okay. And that was on a Saturday that they had their Ho'olalea. So Sunday morning, we come to church. Uh, one of her friends gives her a, a gift, and it's wrapped up in this uh, cloth. And Heidi opens it, and they're ceramic bowls. And she looks at it, and she picks it up and turns it around. <gasps> It's my baby. <laughs> and it meant so much to her. And she showed it to me. And I'm thinking, how is this even possible? Are you kidding me? You found, you found his bowls? And she goes, so-and-so gave it to us. They, she gave it to me as a gift. And I thought, a gift that special is so much more than a dollar amount. It goes way beyond the purchase price of whatever they paid for it. Because it's, there's, no, there's no price that you can put on it. We call it priceless. That there's no dollar amount that you can put on it. And I think when we think of God, when we think of God who is the God who gives, then there's no price tag that we can put on the things that He gives to us. Because it's beyond the value of a dollar. The breath of life, our family, our children, our, our loved ones. You can't put a dollar amount on that. Love, you can't, you can't put a dollar amount on love or goodness or kindness. You can't, you can't put a price tag on it. That's the kind of God we serve. Uh, in fact, last week, you know, I, I was thinking about you as the church in, in how you model the very same thing that God does in being a giver. Last week, we cast a vision of Camp Agape coming up in May. 
And we asked for an, a special offering that would go towards the camp of the children whose parents, or maybe one of their parents, are incarcerated. And with these children, what we're doing is we're just letting them know that there is a God who loves them, that there is a support system that, can, uh, that we can give towards, uh, to them that will help them through the difficult years so that they could persevere through it. And you gave over $6,000 to this camp so I want to say thank you for believing God. And we gave, all of us put together, we gave over $6,000. And it, it just shows how good God is and what He's doing through you. That this is a giving church. Now, what we're about to learn this morning is that God is a giving God. And it's found in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 26. And I'm going to read. Uh, if not, you can take out your notes and you can write down that scripture and check it out later. But Deuteronomy chapter 26, I'm going to read from verses 1 to 15. And you're going to find nine times that the word give or given is in this scripture, in what God is saying. And I'll read from verse 1 in chapter 26 of the book of Deuteronomy. If you're turning in your Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of the Bible. Okay, chapter 26. It says, And it shall be, when you come into into the land, which... The Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land. The Lord your God is giving you. Now, let's remember where where God's people came from. Remember, there were slaves in Egypt, and then God rescued them out of Egypt. Now they're going into what is called the promised land. God says, there's a land for you that I'm promising to bring you to. And then when you get there, I'm going to give you some instructions on how you are to, to live and worship and how you are to become a great nation because you're going to represent me to the rest of the entire world. God didn't choose His people because He didn't like anybody else. He chose them as a specific generation, as a specific nation, as a specific people, so that when other nations see them, they recognize God. He said, I'm going to use you as my people to represent me, not to exclude everyone else, but so that they could see that there is a God and that this is how you're supposed to live in worshiping and following Him. So He said, this is, this is where we are right now, and so this is the land that I'm giving to you. And then, I'll, and then when you bring this to me, put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make His name abide. In verse 3, And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian about to perish. And he went down to Egypt and dwelt there, few in number. And there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has brought us to this place that He has given us, this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger, the stranger who is among you. When you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, by the way, tithe means a tenth or 10%, the year of tithing, And have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, 
the fatherless and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. So what the Bible is telling us is here's how you are to understand God being a giver. Here's how you are to understand this, that this is where you were, and now this is where God has brought you to. To sum up what we just read about, that's what it's saying. When you, when you understand where you've come from and where God has brought you to and where He's bringing you, you're going to understand that God is a giver. He's a giving God. Nine times in that passage do we see the word given or give. Because God is a giver. He's the greatest giver. Now why is it so important for us to understand that God is a giver? Well, if you think about it, the, the world that we live in and even our humanity will make God out to be a taker. Because we'll say, well, if God is good and if God does love me and if God does give, why did He take my husband away? Why did He take my wife away? Why did He take my child away? Why did He take my grandfather away? Why did He take my grandmother away? Why did He take my job away? Why did He take this away? Why did He take that away? And so our mentality becomes that which we believe God to be a taker rather than that God is a giver. And so we develop this mentality And somehow we develop a a mindset that says, well, maybe when I give, then I'll get. And society will even bring that to our mindset that if you give, then you're going to get. Religions believe if you give, then you're going to get. And so the mentality becomes more of the principle of giving to get. In the the Hindu or, or Buddhist religion... There's this thing called karma. And I've even heard Christians use this phrase that, that, oh, see, see, you did that, karma. See, bad, see, you did that, good for you. What you did, now they're going to do that to you. But if you do good, then good will come back to you. That's the, that's the whole principle of this thing called karma. That if it, it's dependent on your behavior. If you do good, then good will come back to you. If you do bad, bad will come back to you. And this is what they believe, either in this life or in your reincarnated life. The Bible says we die once and then comes judgment. I'm so glad that we're not coming back as something else. I, 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 don't, I do not want to come back in this world once I get to heaven. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And I'm sure you would be too. I don't think any of us would get to heaven and say, I like come back as on cockroach. I, I, I like being on bug. I want to come back as one dog. I don't want, you know, I think one shot. We got one shot. I'm good with that. I'm good with one round on this earth. I'm fine with that. I don't need to come back another round, something else. That's the belief that sometimes we develop that I give so that I can get. But see, the reason why God says for them, He says, this is what you shall do when you come into the land, that you shall bring your produce. This is, this is what you need to do. The reason why He says that is, is so that we give, and you can write this in, we give, and I don't give so that I get. I give so that I become more like Him. That, that's why we give. We give so that we can become more like God. We'll never be God, but we can become like God, in the sense of His character, His goodness, His love, the qualities that He has. We become like Him. Because that's how people will recognize God. It'll be through a lifestyle of a a person who believes in God. That's why Jesus came among us. He dwelt among us because it was God coming in human form so we could relate to Him. Sometimes we have this belief that if I give, then I'm going to get. I remember uh, I went to my friend's house and, and his dad was upset about something. He's throwing things around and mumbling. You know, and you mumble and you just, because you want other people to hear. So, oh man, you're never going to ask him again. He's throwing things around. And I was like, wow, your dad's kind of mad. And he goes, I know, I don't know why. He's normally not like this. And he says, dad, what's the matter? What's the matter? 
I'll tell you what's the matter. You know the kind. I ask him, hey, well, you can help me. Uh, he's got to move this thing. And, and I call him up and tell him, you got to help me. you got to help me. And he said, oh, I'm not able to. All my life, I help him. Every day, I help him. I fix his car. I mow his lawn. He need help with the, you know, the, the time the plumbing. I remember the thing was leaking. And fix the flame. But I ask him, for, you know, help me. One time, I ask him one time, you know, help me. Forget it. Forget it. I'm not going to help him ever again. Now, if you don't speak pigeon, you have no idea what I said. But basically, basically, it's the, basically it's the principle of he's saying, I did for him, so he better do for me. And it's amazing that if, one, if they don't do for us one time, it's like we cut them off. You're no longer part of the family. It's like we just shut them off. Because one thing. And God is saying, that's not the principle that you should learn from me. You see, we don't give so we can get something. We give because God did something in us, in our hearts, that, that makes us more like Him. God is saying, because I'm the giver, that's who you need to model. You don't model after people that they scratch your back, you scratch theirs. And it's, it's good that we do that. It's good that we help each other. But we don't give to get back. We don't scratch someone's back so that they could scratch ours. Go get them back scratcher if you need to do that. <laughs> we give so that we become more like God. I remember when I was in the 11th grade and I got news that my dad had died. He got shot. And so that was, for us, it was devastating. But because he left us when I was in the second grade, and because we didn't have a relationship, there was no real connection there. So to us, it was like, okay, well, God, you you took him. So so, I, I didn't know there was bitterness there. I didn't know there was resentment there. I didn't know there was anything against God. I just felt, well, okay. I didn't have him in the first place. I only had him, you know, just in the beginning parts of my life. I only have some memories of my dad. So, okay, well, that's, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Not until I came to know Jesus Christ did I understand this. That God didn't take my dad away. He gave me a dad. Without him, I would not even exist And so, God really showed me that, yeah, the situation was horrible, absolutely. But you have a heavenly Father. And when I understood that I had a heavenly Father, what God was showing me was, I would do a better job than any earthly father anyway, even if he was there all your life. So you stay focused on me. Not to put down my dad, but to lift up my God, who's my heavenly father. Because our fathers will fail us. Our moms will fail us. They will come up short. But we have a heavenly father who is always there, who does not leave us. You see, God is a giver. Then I began to understand, wait a minute. The years that I had with my dad, even the little that I can remember, I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Even the little, even the good things. I'll dwell on all the good things. The book of Deuteronomy, and we read it. uh, Verses 13 through 15, and it's in your notes. And you might want to underline some things because it's going to hit some, uh, some things right here in the heart. It says, Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. Now let's, let's just pause there for a moment. What the Bible is talking about is, you know, for some of us, we understand about tithing. You give, and we just prayed over our tithes and our offerings, and so we give to God, and we understand that. What the Bible is saying is there is a separation that takes place when there's a tithe to God. That God says, I'm giving you this. And here's your part to give back to me in this tithe. It's a tenth. And he says, that must be separated. And that's why the Bible is saying, this is what you need to say to yourself. It's kind of like you get ready when you tithe. There's a, there's a process to go through when you tithe. That you're saying, wait a minute, I, I have removed this holy tithe from, from my house, from the regular things that I do. This is aside from my, my, my electricity bill, my, my housing, or, or whatever else expenses that I have. I'm setting this apart. It's a holy tithe. And I, I've, 
I've removed it. I've also given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to your commandments, which you have, given, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. So what he's saying is you got to remind yourself about these things, that the finances that we give, the tithes that we give, goes towards the service of how God set up His kingdom, that we serve one another. And he says, when you bring your tithe here, this is what it goes to. It goes to the services of people. It goes towards serving people. Then he continues and he says, do not forget them. Because sometimes we'll walk out of church and we forget everything that we talked about. He says, no, no, when I speak to you, don't forget about it. That's why we take notes, we write it down so that we can be reminded of what God spoke to us. And then we apply it right away. And he says, I have not eaten any of it. When in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. He's saying, look, I I don't use my tithe for self. I don't use my tithe to go and eat out, and I don't use it for what I want. It's set apart for you. I don't use your tithe, Lord, for unclean use. I don't use it to buy things that aren't good for me. I don't use it for things that are not godly, that shouldn't, shouldn't be in my life. I don't use it for that. And that's what the Bible is saying. There's, there's a setting apart. Then it says, look down from your, your holy habitation. From heaven, bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us. Just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore you shall be careful to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. See, the commitment God was looking for was that they gave purely out of a heart of obedience, not to get anything from God. I'm so God, I'm so glad that God speaks of a tithe and not a dollar amount. Imagine if God spoke in a dollar amount. Here's what would happen. Let's just say God said, okay, when you bring, when you come to my my sanctuary, when you come to worship me, then bring me a hundred dollars. For many of you, you would say, a hundred dollars, that's less than what I'm tithing. I'll do that. I'll go with a hundred dollars. Then those who are not able to bring a hundred dollars, they'll say, I can't. I can't bring a hundred dollars. Lord, do you, what about payments? Can I do payments, Lord, up until a hundred dollars? What can I do? See, if there's a dollar amount, then there would be no heart involved. But God gives a percentage. He says, bring a tenth. Because now the heart is involved. It's, a, it's now a choice that we make. It's out of our heart because God is a giver. And He wants us to learn how to be more like Him. He's saying, this is why I'm asking you to give a tenth. Because it needs to be out of the heart. There's, there's no other place that we go to that they say, give out of, your, out of your heart a percentage. Imagine if the movies costed 1% of our pay. The movies. Because we don't go to the movies... And pay with all of our heart. It's one set price. Whatever it is, $9.50. I don't know exactly what it is. So imagine if you went to the movies. And you went to the, the ticket counter. And the person in there, let's just say his, his name was Joe. And you said, hey Joe, uh, two tickets please. Oh, okay. That'll be whatever, $19. You took out your $19. And you said, Joe, I give this with all. Of my heart. <laughs> First thing you'd do, call the cops. <laughs> Second thing you'd be like, okay, we're not letting that guy in here. We, we, we don't go to the movies and buy things with all of our heart. You don't go to the supermarket and go to the cashier and say, how much was it? $115? I give this with all of my heart. It's like, it doesn't work there. Because it's a set amount. And God says, that's, that's, not, that's not how I do things. I do things so that you become more like me, that you do things with all of your heart. And he says, this is what I'm going to teach you. This is how you become more like me. You give not to get, you give to become more like God. Because there's no price tag to giving. It's not a dollar value. It's a heart value. That's why God teaches us how to give. We give to become more like Him. And catch this, And this is the second thing. God will always... Give me more than what I give him. He will always give more. 
He's not a taker. He's a giver. He gives us more than we will ever give him. And here, watch this. This, this is a, it's just an easy thing to remember this. Let's just say God gives me 85 years to live on this earth. I'm just throwing out a number. If it's more than that, I'm fine. If it's less, I'm good with that. But not too much less because things. Let's just say he gave me 85 years to live. How many of those years do I give back to him? How many years do you give back to God in service to him? We can never outgive God. He's given us a life to live. He blesses us with a home. How often do we use our home for Him? He, he gives us more than we give back to Him. He blessed me with a wonderful wife in Heidi. How often do I treat her like how God treats her? <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> God blesses us with finances. Now, here's, here's where he gives us some breathing room. He says, I'm going to give you this. And whether it's in a paycheck or however we receive our income, if it's automatic deposit or whatever it is. He says, here's, here's where I'm going to give you some breathing room. You don't have to give it all back to me. You don't have to. Just give me a tenth. In fact, I try to look at it this way. I have nothing. God gives me 90% of what belongs to Him. It all belongs to Him anyway. But in His wisdom, He says, I'm going to help you become more like me. I'm going to give it to you. You choose. Because I want it to come from your heart. I mean, think about it as, as a husband and wife in, in, a, in a relationship or anything. If, you're, if a loved one came up to you wouldn't you like them to give out of the goodness of their heart? Some of you are like, no, I just take the gift. I could care less about the heart. I don't care. I just give me the gift. I take the gift. I take the gift. I don't, whatever. But I think we like the heart. When the heart is behind the gift, it means that much more. And God is saying, this is, this is what I want you to learn. That you, you should become more and more like me. Now, some people would say, well, it's so hard. It's just so hard. But not, not when you don't think of it in the value of a dollar amount. Because it's, it's beyond the value of a dollar. It's the value of the heart. Here's what he promises us. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 2, in your notes, it says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. I remember when I was first learning about this, there's, there's this thing that, that, is, that I call like the spirit of poverty. You know, the spirit of poverty says, well, if they get, how come I don't get? They bought, how come I can't have? Or someone brings food, hey, where's mine? You know, it's that mentality of I want, I want, I want, I want more. How come I can't have more? We'll always be in want. We can never get enough. That's the spirit that we sometimes develop. And God wants to break that. Sometimes we have the, the mentality of, well, they have something better, so I should be able to get something better. We call it keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know who they are. Maybe when we get to heaven, they say, hey, we're the Joneses. We, I don't know who they are. It's just a, uh, it's a term that we use to say the Joneses are the people who have more than us. So watch this. I, I want to know, have you ever met them? You know why? Because by the time you catch up with them, they have more than you. That's the principle. We can never catch the Joneses. We can never find them. I don't even know what they look like. All I know is they will always have more. It's that person that has more. It's the person that when you become like them, you still lack. You, you still cannot keep up with them. When you get the latest thing, a new thing comes out and the Joneses have it. That when you get what the Joneses have, they have the better one. So you can never catch up with them. See, once we develop that mentality, then everything revolves around finances. And God is saying, you got to get that out of your system. you got to get back to who I am, that I am a giver. I'm going to take care of you. That when we give, we, 
we give because we become more like Him when we do. And we can never outgive God. He gives us more than we will ever have. And when the Bible says, all these blessings shall come upon you, what is He talking about? In Deuteronomy chapter 28, I'm going to read what He's talking about. And in chapter 28, verse 3, He says, Actually, I'll read from verse 1. It says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, here it is. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself. Just as He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure." The heavens to give the rain to your land in, in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. You shall heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the left or to the right, to go after other gods to serve them. You see the blessings that God gives? He's a giver. We cannot outgive God. And sometimes that spirit of poverty ruins what God is trying to do on the inside. And He says, You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after the gods, after other gods to serve them. Now you might be thinking, what gods? I don't serve other gods. I don't go home and, and worship any other gods. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, bow down to any statues. I don't, I don't do that. I don't have those kind of gods. Some time ago we were, uh, this is, I don't know what year this was. This is, I'm sure it was probably early 90s or late 90s. And this new thing came out. It was a television that had a VCR in it. It was a combo package. It wasn't separate. It was, it was a TV with a VCR. I saw that. I said, I got to get that. I got to get that. Now, for some of you young ones, if you don't know what a VCR is, it's a video cassette recorder. That's what it stands for. Video cassette recorder. We had this black box that you would put in another black box You'd have to press this thing called play, and it would work. And if you didn't rewind, if you rented, you weren't kind. <laughs> it's kind of like if you bought a flat screen today, and it came with YouTube. That's what it was. So it was, a, it was, it was the newest thing. So we didn't even hesitate. We bought it because it was a new thing. Then the VCR broke. Then we had to buy a VCR. To plug into the TV VCR combo. <laughs> the thing broke, but the TV was still good. Then we then we were wondering, okay, what is this thing? Because we, we were going to church. What is this thing about tithing? What is so big about it? Why is it such a big deal? Because if I want something, I go get it. And then when God asks me to tithe, if I don't have money, I don't. So that's just the way it goes. And I learned this, that a God is not necessarily a statue that I bow down to or a spirit or an entity or, 
or some kind of mystical thing. It is anything I put above God and his ways that benefit me. Anything that I put before God, above God. We serve many gods today without even knowing it. Small g, we serve them. And we don't even recognize it sometimes. In our cars, it's our God. It becomes a God. We worship the thing. We bow down to, well, not really bow down. We wipe its wheels. It's kind of like it. We polish it. We're just fine. It's good to do those things. We work so hard on our cars. We spend more time working on our cars than we do working with our relationship with God. It can become a God. For many of us, a, a, a God can be our houses. That's our God. We have to have the best house, the best things. It's our, it's, it's, it's our image. So when people come over, it, it needs to be the very best. So we spend so much time on our house, so much finances on our house, that by the time it comes to God, we have no time for Him. We have no finances for Him. It becomes a God. We didn't even know it. Some of us have electronic devices. It becomes a God without even knowing it. See how subtle it is? And we spend more time with our idols than we do with the God who gave us eternal life. We even carry our gods and idols in our pockets. And when it tells you to, you answer it. When you're in a meeting, when you're with someone and it buzzes or it blings or something, you go to it. It almost has full access to you. And you think you have access to it. When it shuts down, so do you. When you get, when it's lost, so are you. When it's broken, so are you. It's amazing. And we don't even recognize it. See, here's, here's something that will help us tremendously, even in this area. And the last thing is this. Use godly wisdom when it comes to giving. Use godly wisdom. That's why he says, You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day. Don't turn aside. Ask God for wisdom. Ask Him for wisdom when it comes to giving. I remember when we were first learning about tithing and, 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 and putting things above God that I, I thought, well, I, I don't know what else to do. How, how do I do this thing called tithing? Because all I knew about tithing is when I was growing up that my mom would give me a quarter to put into the, you know, as children when, when we went to Sunday school, give me a quarter and then we'd give that to the teacher and then that was giving to God. And then we stopped going to church and I would just watch on TV once in a while. And then I would see someone on TV saying, you've got to give, you've got to give. So, so call this number and when you give, then, then, then you will be blessed. So, and so my mentality was, I don't know these guys. And how many millions of people are they broadcasting to? And so if people are giving to them, where, does, where do the finances go? And then we'd hear on the news that, oh, this, this one uh, pastor or preacher or, or whatever it is, took the money and, and ran and, and, and things went bad. And, and so I had this bad taste of, no way am I going to church and give. I like no way that offering bucket going. That better not go to the pastor's car. I want to see where this thing is going. And so to tithe, it, was, it wasn't that I didn't trust God. I just didn't trust man. So it was hard to give. And so, when the offering bucket would come by, I would feel so guilty because I knew what God was saying. But I needed to put something in. So I'd write prayer requests. And I'll just write prayer requests, fold it up. Then in the bucket, hey, giving. And then I'll just pass it on. I'm sure the prayer team was thinking, wow, this person, plenty prayer requests. No, that was my tithe decoy. That's what it was. And it made me feel good for a while. And it's like God was... I remember really feeling this. That God was looking at me like, are you kidding me? I can see you. <laughs> and, and then I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. And he said this. Okay, scratch everything on the side. What you believe, what you've seen, the, the bad things that have happened. Go back to who I am. That's what he said. You focus on me. Then I began to focus on God. Then I understood that God's a giver. He's the one that has given to me. 
And so here's some things that I've learned. And I've said this before, but we, we do this thing called the 10-10-80 plan. We give God 10, and then we save 10, and then we live off the rest. And if we cannot eat out, we don't eat out. If we can't go to the movies, we won't go to the movies. If we can't buy something, we won't. We will have shoes for five, seven, eight years. We just glue it back. I glue my shoes. I just glue it. Basketball shoes, if my friends are getting new shoes. They're like, hey, so what shoes you get? Same one I had six years ago. Same one. He still worked, duct tape and all. He worked. Suji, sold that thing. My slipper break, paper clip, duct tape. He worked. If we can't afford it, then don't get it. Because here's what I've learned. When I give God first, then I get whatever it is, a TV, a home, a car, whatever. It doesn't become my God. Because God is first place. He's first. Then it's, you, you don't feel guilty. Because God is blessing you. Because you're saying to Him, I'm not going to put anything above you. You're first. You're first. You are my God. And here's how I'm going to prove it. This is, I'm, I'm putting you in first place. Then everything else doesn't become a small G, a small God. Or an idol that we carry around. It's things that we use. It's tools that we use for modern day communication or modern day work or modern day transportation. It's less than God. Because He is more than enough. He says, that's what I want to instill in your heart. And so we do this thing called the 10 10 plan. Uh, I used to do our finances. You know, I would, I would do the checkbook and balance that. I, I noticed I said used to. So there's a story there. When, I, when we would balance everything out, I'd say, hey, how come it doesn't balance out? How come the checks are bouncing? And then Heidi would say, because you didn't minus it from the, you know, how you have that total thing. I was like, oh, okay. So we need to do this better. And then she couldn't understand my handwriting. She said, is that a nine or a five? I said, that's a six. What do you mean, nine or five? So, it, it, she, so we said, I said, oh, this is so good. I said, you try do them. She said, okay. So ever since then, she has been doing our finances because she does a much better job at it. And I'm okay with that. So when we sit down and we think through our finances, we do that together. She helps me think through our finances because she's very good at it. She's very organized. And then we could, we could now understand how to tithe because now we're organized. So we, when the income comes in, that's the first thing we write to is God. We say, thank you, Lord, because if we're tithing this, that means you gave us a whole lot more than this. So we thank you. And so we write the tithe out. We don't wait till we come to church and then write the tithe. Because by then, you got to rush. Oh, my offering bucket went by. Okay, next week. Then we forget about it. So we had to learn how to do that. So we write it out earlier. Sometimes there's a special offering that comes up. And some of you said, oh, I wish I knew about the Camp Agape thing because then I would have given. And then you gave later on. So things like that will happen. But God is saying, here's, here's, you're going to learn how to do this. It's not, you, don't, you don't just pick it up right away. It's like we learn how to do this. And then when you visit another church and they talk about tithes, you don't feel guilty when the offering bucket goes by because you do tithe. Sometimes you attend two services, and then the offering bucket goes by, but you tithe already. There's no guilt there. Why? Because guilt is not of the Lord. That you're at peace because you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm doing my very best. We're, we're tithing unto you. It takes time for us to develop that. Use godly wisdom. Ask Him how we can do these things. And He'll give you wisdom. And He'll tell us. I like how the psalmist writes it in Psalm 40, verse 17. Have you ever said this? But I am poor and needy. But this is what he tags it with. Yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. For some of us, we're on the brink of electricity being shut off. Mortgage needs to be paid. Phone needs to be paid. There's a bill that's overdue. Creditors are calling. We've got to put gas in our car. We don't even look at the, the gas gauge anymore. We just look at the miles. If I can just go 10 more miles, Lord, 10 more miles, I'll be all right. Go down here. Shut off the car. Oh, steering wheel lock. We've got to unclick the thing. 
It's like we, we're, we're so stuck because we were trying our very best. But I, I'm telling you, God will not delay. He's our helper. He's our deliverer. You turn to him. He will help. He says, here's, here's how I'm going to bless you. Here's how it happens. This is how I've set it up. I'm so glad for our congregation. You know, I, I, I wish you could see what I see every Sunday. When I, when I, when I get up here and I speak, I love, I love seeing your faces. Because when I see you, I'm reminded of how good God is. I'm reminded that, that here we have a place that we can worship God together and learn together. And I, throughout the years, I have, I have seen this church be such a giving church. And some of you understand that. That you've seen this church give over and beyond, over and beyond. We wouldn't be here if not for the church, the people. And you, you give sacrificially. And I'm amazed at what God does through you. And I watch when you give that you understand, you get it. You get it. You, un- you understand what we're talking about today. For some, it's, it's a reminder. For some, we're learning. But it's amazing that you, you give because you understand how good God is. I like... How God reminds us in Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And then he says this, And let us not grow weary. While doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Yeah, although we, we are talking about giving and there are finances included in it, and it, it can be a tough thing to touch on, that, that's why it's really not about finances. It's about the God who gives and the fact that we can never outgive God. And many of us have learned that it's so much bigger than a dollar amount. That it really comes back to people coming to know Jesus Christ. You can't put a dollar amount on salvation, on eternal life. You just can't. We can never outgive God. He is that good. We're going to close in prayer so you can put away your Bibles and, and your notes. Any of you recognize this bag? (laughs) All the women are smiling. The men say, yeah, I see that bag. It's empty in my house. Uh, Heidi bought some things and we went to the register and it's a a clothing store uh, at Alamoana. And when she... Checked out, I looked at the total, and it was like, you know, 60-something dollars. And I said, is that it? And the lady behind the counter said, I have never, ever heard a husband say, that's all? <laughs> I don't know if that was good or bad, but Heidi brought this home. And I didn't recognize this. Maybe some of you have. But there is a scripture address on the bottom, and I think we have a picture of it because it's so small. Uh, and the scripture address is John 3.16. Isn't that amazing? Now, some of you are wondering, okay, John 3.16, I don't know what that is, but many of you do. And so I, I just thought it would be fitting that if we, would, if we would stand together this morning. Would you stand with me this morning? And, and, and I, I want us to, to, to recite that scripture. And I, we're not going to recite the whole thing. We're, we're going to stop in the beginning of it. And you will know where to stop. And we're going to say with all of our heart. Because God is a giver. And we want Him to hear this. We want Him to recognize the heart behind why we're saying this. John three sixteen. Ready? Go. For God so loved the world that He gave. Say that one more time. 
For God so loved the world that he gave. We serve a God who gives. And we may think, well, I don't have enough to give. I don't, I, 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 I don't know how to. Go back to God. Go, take away all the, all the thoughts of, of, of what you've learned of, of bad things going on in churches. Or, or, or if you've experienced something bad, just go back to God. In who he is. I'm so glad we, we have a, a wonderful church council, men and women who are full of integrity and serve God well, that they they help take care of the finances. I'm so glad that our, our denomination has it set up for ac- accountability, that they watch how the finances are utilized, and it's not a one person deal, it's not the pastor saying this is what we're gonna do. It's it's a team effort because it's a body of Christ and God sends wonderful men and women who will help with the finances that when we give, we're giving to God how He set things up in His ways. If we're ever going to be like God and if it's true, and it is, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave. We don't give to get. We give to be more like Him. We give because we love. Do you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's with, with joy that we can stand in Your presence. That we can understand that You're a God who gives. You, you give over and beyond. We can never, we can never outgive You. You've given us so much. You've given us... Your, your perfect spirit, the perfect Holy Spirit, your, your perfect Son, your one and only Son. And although it costs us nothing for eternal life, it costed you everything in your one and only Son. And even on the cross, Jesus, you yourself gave up your spirit so that we could have an everlasting one with you in heaven. And for that, there is no price. It's priceless. Thank you for being the God who gives. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.